Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, the video you saw was our attempt of retelling Jesus' story that he shared about uh, who a neighbor was. One time, uh, a, a person, a religious leader, was trying to trap Jesus, and he said, Jesus, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus told a story about a, a Jew who was traveling on the road and got waylaid, and different people as he laid there bruised and injured uh, on the side of the road. Uh, religious people, good people, walked right past him because their lives were too busy. And then a Samaritan who was an enemy of the Jews uh, came and helped this Jewish man up. And Jesus shared that message. And this is this video we saw was a, a modern day t- retelling of that. And, you know, I don't know what your emotions were as you saw that video, but I know I certainly put myself in that mother's uh, position in that, in that van. And I sat back and thought, man, what would I feel like if I saw a bunch of bikers driving by uh, riding by and one peeling off and coming back, would I? I'd probably do the exact same thing. And what a uh, what a, a neat video to remind us of of what we experience probably every every week of our lives. Uh, every week, more than likely, we might not have something as dramatic as seeing a woman with a child on side of the road stranded. But every week, God puts different scenarios in front of us. Uh, of people who are waylaid to one degree or another, people who are in need, people who uh, have real issues, and we have the choice to allow those things to stop us and minister in their lives. And my hope is that you would have the same view that I have and that we would not want to be like those two boneheads in the video that are too busy or too distracted to, to stop our lives to help people. My hope is that Northridge Church would be the kind of people that we said we would be several months ago when we built this wall together and said that we would stand in the gap for our friends and for our neighbors and for our families. My hope is that, that I would be the kind of pastor, I'd be the kind of leader, I'd be the kind of person, my family would be the kind of family, and our church would be the kind of church where we look to see how is God uh, interacting and using us to bring hope and help and healing to people around us. Because let's face it, as a church, we take it very seriously, knowing that God will use us in our daily lives. We look at passages like 1 John chapter 4 and James chapter 2, and we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, where it's very clearly that God uses his people to do good works. And I'll even go one step farther. If you have no desire to do the good works that God has in, in, in place in front of you, you really need to take a serious look at your soul, friends. Even take a serious look at the reality of your salvation, the question of your salvation in your life. If you find yourself saying, I have no interest in helping people around me other than my family or the people who I most love, there's a heart issue there that's very serious. And we want to be, we want to be the kind of church in which we are working to help and to be in places where we won't ignore and we won't see the need, and then we will not not see the needs of people around us, but where we can be engaged and ready to respond with a full mind, with a full heart, with a full spirit to the world around us as God puts them in front of us. 
So today, as we ask the question, who is our neighbor? Our neighbors are everyone around us. Anyone that God puts in our lives, those are our neighbors. And we have a clear call to love them in radical ways. That is what our heart is. That is what we are called to do. And I will say this, that is a hallmark of Northbridge Church. We will serve our friends. We will serve our families. And yes, we will serve our community in radical ways, in ways that maybe are inconvenient to us, maybe ways that are tough for us, maybe ways that are challenging for us. But we will do everything within our power to serve uh, because that's who God's called us to be. Now, in the few minutes that we have left, I want to just very quickly give you the most practical thing that I can think of to help you be a person where you recognize who your neighbors are and you're not like one of those boneheads that's on a bicycle flying past people because you're so entertained with your own diversions, you're not seeing the needs around us, or perhaps you're like that guy that had the real men love Jesus sticker that's so heavenly minded, they're of no practical good and they're too busy going to the next worship service that they can't stop and serve people around you. Here is the most practical thing I can help you to not be that person and I want to talk about that for the rest of my time together. Because here's the reality. I'm telling you, and you know this too, for me, I've learned in my life, it is so easy to become one of those people. It is so easy to get distracted and to not pay attention to the needs around you or to be focused just on your, on your life and on your little world. How do we broaden our horizon to recognize who our neighbors are and begin to serve them in real ways? Here's the most practical step I can give you. Real time, this is what I've learned for my life to help me get out of that. You ready? Learn to pray for other people. You make it a practice, not just occasionally saying, you know, God, you see an ad about something in Africa and you just think of a missionary and you say, God bless all the missionaries out there. I'm saying that you Pray specifically for people who are not in your family, not in your little world, but you're praying for other people. Specifically what I'm talking about today to help you understand what that looks like, I would challenge you to do this. Have you been praying for other people within Northbridge Church by name on a weekly basis, on a daily basis? By the end of today, I'm going to ask you, would you be willing this week to pray for three people that are not in your family that are part of your church? Whether you're part of Northbridge Church or you're watching us from some other congregation, would you today make a commitment to say, I will be praying for three people by name daily that are people outside, outside of my family? Because as we begin to pray for those people, we begin to think about those people. As we begin to think about those people, we begin to think about the needs outside of our lives. We begin to think about how other people need to be uh, ministered to. We begin to open ourselves up to God's guidance, to the Holy Spirit speaking to us in ways in which we can go out and minister to other people. In other words, what am I saying, Tony? What are you saying, Tony? I'm saying this. It begins with prayer. It begins with prayer. You want God to change your heart to make you more open to be used. If you're saying, God, I want to be more used. I want to be more open to God. Would you send people my way to minister to what it often begins with is, are you praying for people? And if you're saying, no, I don't. Well, then guess what? God's not going to send people your way. If, if you're not praying for people, God's not going to use you in powerful ways down the road. It begins with prayer. And, and so I would challenge you in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to think and, and actually name three people who you'll pray for for the next seven days. Uh, and so be, be, begin praying for that or thinking about that church. But the next thing I would say is this, is what do you pray for? Because oftentimes we don't pray for other people because we don't know how to pray. Or let's be honest, 
We pray the same prayer over, over, and over. And so our prayer becomes boring and noxious to us. And I will say this too, oftentimes because we don't know how to pray, we end up praying weak and anemic prayers that quite honestly, God does not answer. What I mean is this, is oftentimes when, when I start, first started praying for people, my prayer looks something like this. Lord, would you bless X, Y, person X, person Y, person Z? And would you bless their lives and would you protect them and would you give them happiness and would you give them joy and would you help them wherever they're at right now? You know what I found? I found that oftentimes God's answer to me in that prayer was no. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And I would get frustrated. I'd get frustrated because I felt like God was not answering my prayers. And I discovered that was not the things to be praying for those people. So we need to learn to pray the right kind of prayers. The question is then, what are the right kind of prayers? And, and I'm not sitting here saying that I have a prayer manual that you need to follow my prayers because I have the right kind of prayers and you're don't, you don't. But what I've done is I've come across, dare I say the word secret? Would I, should I use that word, secret? I don't, I don't think it's a secret, but I came across a formula that helped me and, and guided me through this process. And here's what the secret is. I'm going to tell it to you right now. The secret is that I began to use the scriptures to inform me on how to pray for people. And so right now, I just want to open up the book of Colossians. The missionary, the pastor, the evangelist Paul was writing to the church in Colossae, and he says something about his prayer life right here, of how he was praying for the missionaries in Colossae. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul starts off, he says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. You see, Paul had his three people in his mind, didn't he? I'm guessing Paul had more than three people here that he was praying for. But he's saying, I'm, I haven't stopped praying for you. And he goes on, he says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Paul is showing us a, a formula here, and I'm not saying that this is a universal formula that you're supposed to pray for every person that enters your life, but I would argue that this is a great place for you to start praying for people about. It's a help. It helps guide us here. And so what I see is I, I see four big ideas in this passage. The first thing I see here is that, that we need to pray for Northbridgers to be filled Filled with God's will. You know, Northbridge Church, I, I told you, I've said this a couple of times, what I typically do throughout the week is I go into our, our directory app on Instant Church Directory. It's an online app in which not all of you, but many of you have joined and you put your pictures on and you put some contact information for other people within the church to be able to see and to be able to know how to get in touch with you if they need to. You know what I do? I use that as a prayer tool for me. And so if you're wondering if Pastor Tony prays for you, what I'd say a very easy answer for you is to say, if you, get in, if you put yourself in that instant church directory, yes, I do pray for you. And I pray for you on a regular basis. And one of the things I pray for is I say, God, would you help this person be filled with the knowledge of your will? That Paul's talking about a biblical wisdom. 
What is biblical wisdom? Biblical wisdom is this. It's to be able to take God's knowledge and apply it to your daily situation. And so one of the things that Paul was praying for the Colossian church is, God, help these people take your knowledge and apply it to life where they're at right now. He, he was praying that they would have the ability to see life from God's perspective. And that's something that we have to have as a church. I pray for you, and I hope that with the three people that you choose to pray for this week, that you would just pray, God, help these people to see the life that they're in now and how it applies to them based on your perspective, God, based on what you want for them, based on what you're seeing for them. Helping them make good decisions that come ultimately from God's knowledge, not the world's knowledge. Not their emotions, not their insights or their intellect, not their human reasoning capabilities or their power, but that they would take God's knowledge and apply it to their families and apply it to their decision-making abilities. But not only does Paul pray that they would be filled with God's knowledge, Paul also prays that they would walk in God's ways. And so I would challenge you to Northbridge to pray for other Northbridgers that they would have the ability to walk in God's ways. You see, you see, it's so easy for us to just say, God, would you, would, you just, would you just bless me? God, would you just make me happy? But you know what? The reality is God doesn't necessarily, he's not in the business of trying to make you happy. He's not in the business of trying to make sure all your needs are, you're just comfortable your entire life. But really what God is looking for is that we would be people that would say, we want to please you, God, in all areas of our lives. And so for us, it's only right that we would pray for one another, that we would say, God, would you help this person please you, want to please you, not just in the time when they're at church, not just in the time when they're in their small group, not just the time when they're clocking in as professional Christians, but in all of their areas of life, you know, their, their business life, their family life, their home life, their play life, their work life their life that they're at Little League with other parents, their life when they're uh, going to see movies, their life, when, when that, their life that no one else sees but you, God. May, may these areas please you. Paul was challenging the Colossian church to be mature and to be fruitful, to understand God's will. I'm going to cough, and I promise you it's a COVID-free cough here. <coughs> there we go. Had to clear my throat. A third area that we say that or that we see here that Paul is saying is that we pray, Paul prays for Northbridgers to be strengthened with God's power. He says here in his word that we need to be, that he's praying for people to be faithful and steadfast. Where, where do people need to be faithful and steadfast in? You know, it's easy to be faithful when life is going great, right? It's easy to be faithful when, when you're making the money you want to make. Your family is in a great position. Your kids respect you. Everything's going according to plan. It's hard to be faithful when life is against you. It's hard to be faithful when you've just had the bottom of your life ripped out from under you. And Paul's saying, hey, in these circumstances, let's, let's pray. I'm praying for your faithfulness and for you to be steadfast. Steadfast to what? Steadfast to the most important thing in life, which is your faith in the living God. That's what Paul's praying for. And then he was praying also for what? Patience. What an important word. Patience. What is, what is, what is it? Have you ever thought about what it means to be patient? I've been thinking about that through this season because I'll be honest, there's been some frustrating times when I'm reading the newspaper and I, I was just talking with, 
with my friend Cliff in the back before we started and, and was just, I used this word, I said, you know, I feel like in many ways our culture has lost their minds. The reality is we've probably lost our minds a long time ago as a culture and we're just now starting to see and we're now paying for it. It's easy for me at times to be impatient, to, to show impatience in life because of what we're seeing in this world. You know what patience is? Patience, I've discovered, is the ability to, to take your anger and take your fury and put it off while you're dealing with the challenges of life. That you deal with the challenges that are in front of you, not with anger, not with your fury. Why? Because you're a patient person. And because you're saying, I will answer these situations and I'll do it in a way that honors God and I will show patience, not fury. I will show patience, not wrath. I will show patience, not anger in this scenario. And that's what Paul was praying for his church. And I'm telling you, those are some things that we need to be praying for one another about. And then a final thing, and I don't know, I didn't order this because this was the biggest thing and put it at the end. I didn't put this at the end because it was the least thing, but this is something that I find interesting. Paul concludes his prayer list here for the Colossian church with what? Thanksgiving. Pray that Northbridge would be people with thankful hearts. You know, here's the reality. Speaking as a pastor, a shepherd of souls, a doctor of souls, a person who's been in ministry for 25 years, and I can say this about our church, I can say this about our community, I can say this about our families, I can say this about our church. The reality is, is we are racked with an entitlement mindset. And you know what? There's some of you that are shaking your head going, yep, amen. And you know what? More than likely, you're there too, friend. Because our families, we have kids and husbands and wives who feel entitled. Our community, we open up a newspaper and we sit back and we go, you just read stuff and you see the entitlement, you know? The fact that we want, people want something because they're here. People want something because they're alive. They think they deserve something. You know, it's their right. Reality is no. Very few things are, last I knew there was only a limited things that were considered our rights. Other things are blessings. Other things are, other things are, 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 are benefits. But we now live in an entitled society that says that I, I, you owe me these things. Here's the sad reality is I believe that even in our church, even in a great church like Northbridge Church, I love Northbridge. I was a part of the first day it was planted. Uh, uh, Northbridge is an incredible place, but I got to say this, that even within our church, I've experienced an entitlement mentality at times from different individuals. You know, I, I said this, and I can say this because he's my friend. I, matter of fact, I told him, I shared, him, I shared with him I could, that I was going to share the story. I told him I wasn't going to share his name to protect the guilty, and he agreed to that, and, he, and I'm going to tell you up front, the conversation was had. We are fine. We are good. He's in a good spot. I had a chance to speak into his life, and so, so you know, don't, don't be sitting back going, oh, I don't know if Tony should be sharing this. No, because I, shared, I asked this individual if I could, could share the scenario, and he said, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can, because this might help someone else. So I was talking to someone this week and, and was telling about the fact that we're hoping to, to get back. You know, we're May 31st is our plan to have live people here, and, but we still have some things we got to figure out and some things that we're debating about and things the leaders are talking about. And this person was, was very quick to the chase to share with me about what the most important thing was in his life. And he asked me, he said, well, Tony, ask me, tell me this, answer this for me. Are we going to have bagels? Are bagels going to be there? Well, 
I'd already had a conversation with a hospitality team, and I knew that answer. I was pretty confident of that answer based on what a hospitality team was saying with me. And I said, no, bagels aren't going to be there. <laughs> they're not, because then people, what do they want with bagels? They want cream cheese, so they're going to be, you know, 50 people uh, smearing cream cheese, you know, grabbing out of the same cup of cream cheese, and you're going to have that one kid that, you know, is drooling that's going to be standing over the cream cheese, and drools hovering into the cream cheese, right? So I said, no, we're not going to have cream cheese. We're not going to have bagels. This person, you would have thought I just said, hey, you know what? We canceled church for the next 10 years. This person was just like, you're kidding me. What am I going to do? What am I, what am I going to do about not having my bagels? What? And, you know, I had a choice there. I could have been like, yeah, I'm sorry. We'll try to serve you better. Or I could have been a good friend to him and confront him in that sin. And I said, dude, let's think about your thankful heart right now. You know, the reality is you could be hooked up to a vent in a hospital fighting for your life right now, but instead you're upset because you're not getting your car blowed on a Sunday two weeks from now. And I was like, how about this? How about you buy a bagel before you come to church and you eat your bagel at home and then you come to church prepared to worship with the living God with a great car brush going in your life right then? And, you know, we shared and talked a little bit and he came back and he's like, man, you're right. That is cr that's crazy that I was upset about not getting a bagel when we come back. After the fact that we haven't been together for like seven weeks, I should be just excited that we're back together in some capacity what am I saying? I'm not trying to shame someone for, for having a bagel or not having a bagel. I'm not trying to shame you because you get frustrated because some of the things you're used to is not being offered in whatever venue you want to talk about. But I'm saying this, that we are all, all of us, including this guy right here, struggle with entitlement. And the way we fight that mentality, the way we fight that selfishness is to begin being people we, we are thankful and we give thanksgiving what does it mean to be thankful? It means this. It means start looking at the things that you're grateful for and go into the person that provides them and say, hey, thank you for that. It means here on earth when someone's giving a blessing to you and you're thankful for it, you just look at that person who provided and say, thank you, thank you. That means the world to me. It means looking at God and looking at all the things he's poured upon our lives and being able to say, God, thank you. Thank you so much for blessing me in these incredible ways. What am I saying to you, church? I'm saying be praying that God would put a thankful heart in all of our lives because those are ways that Paul was challenging us to be, to be prayer warriors in. So this week, what I would ask you to do is I would ask you from today till next Saturday, would you pick three people and three people that you know that are not a part of your family group and say, I'm going to be praying for those three individuals daily. And I'm going to be praying that they would be people that have thankful hearts. I'm going to be praying that that they would be people that are filled with God's will. I'd be praying that they are people that have a desire to begin to walk in God's ways. I'm going to be praying for them to be strengthened in God's power through this day. I'm going to pray for those people in those ways, Pastor Tony. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you for a little accountability here. If you're that person that would say, I'm going to pray for someone, I'm going to ask that you would either text me or that you would email me your name saying, I will pray. And maybe you would even, if you know the three people now, you'd give me their first names. Now, I'm not going to call those people and tell them they're being prayed for, but you might even want to up the ante a little bit and say, you can hold me accountable, Tony, to the point of here. I know the three people I'm going to be praying for. Here, here are their names. And if you would text me or you'd email me, you know what I'll do? I promise you, I will follow up throughout this week and I'll shoot you a text or I'll shoot you an email just saying, hey, how's that going? How's that going for you? 
right now? Are you doing that? Are you finding you're able to do that? What are you experiencing through that? That'll be my commitment to you. If you text me or if you email me, the, my text, my email should be on the screen and you should be able to see that, download that. You should write that down or you can go on to, to our website, mynorthbridge.org or you could go on to our app and you could find my contact information and I would be, I would be thrilled to hear of, of you connecting in this way because before we can expect to be people that we are actively serving our neighbors as ourselves, we better be praying for them. If we're not praying for them, I know we're not going to be serving them. I know it. So this is the most practical thing I can tell you, to become people who are serving in radical ways, who are willing to lay their lives down the way God wants us to, the way God has intended for us to do as his children. So I hope that's a blessing to you. I want to pray for you, and I'm going to throw it back over to the band, and we have a final song that we want to just celebrate and leave uh, this time together uh, worshiping the living God. Pray with me right now. Father, we come before you. And Lord, we pray, God, we pray that we would be people that are concerned of others. God, my prayer is that we would be people who, just as we made commitments to stand in the gap, that we would continue to do that, and we'd do that through prayer even, God. And so I challenge us, Lord, would your spirit just convict us and compel us to think of three people this week that we could be praying for on a daily basis and give us their wherewithal to react to that. In Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northbridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northbridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.